You're listening to Mile 406, your mobile learning opportunity from the Montana Department of Transportation. And now your host of Mile 406. Awesome. Thank you. So yes, my name is Jackie Curry and I'm one of the health coaches. There are actually three of us now for the state of Montana. I'm located in Missoula, but can work with anybody across the state. We used to try to kind of keep us like I worked mostly with just Missoula people. That's not the case anymore since now we do all of our appointments either virtually by phone or um, through video. So yeah, with that, I'll get started. I definitely encourage participation. I know the chat part is disabled, but please use that like question and answer area. I will keep it open and I get little notifications that pop up when a question is asked. Um, you can also raise your hand so that you can be unmuted, but the more participation, the more we get out of it with each other. And so I strongly encourage it because it does make it you know, a little more fun too. So today we're going to talk about kind of wellness while you work. We're going to touch on three main topics, movement, nutrition, and stress. With that, we will, oh, let's see, we'll start with movement. So we spend about a third of our life at work, and a lot of us end up working at a desk. And there's a lot about our work environment that impacts our health. So stress is a huge one. Um, eating habits, we end up eating at our desk pretty frequently um, and kind of drawn to the to the break room and everyone knows that we love to bring the things from our house that we don't want there to the break room for everyone else to eat so it can start to kind of play a role and then our physical activity habits we spend a lot of time sitting which increases our risk for things like obesity and hypertension the metabolic syndrome you are considered high risk if you spend 70% or more of your day sitting, it's not just sitting at work. When you think about like that total accumulation of sitting in our cars, sitting at home, sitting at work, sitting when we're eating. So it all kind of adds up. So what can we do to kind of help minimize how much we sit? <clears throat> we have some some suggestions, we'll call them. So trying to move frequently can help decrease your risk. An hour of exercise at the beginning of our day or the end of our day does not offset the risks. So any time we can incorporate more of that movement into our day, the better. Fit in five, which is actually a handout that we have. Um, if you guys are interested, I can send that along or I can send it to Scott to pass on. Um, it gives some kind of movements that you can do kind of at your desk that don't take very long. But then there are also what we like to call neat strategies that, so they're like non-exercise specific. So things like taking the stairs, parking further away, making sure that we're utilizing our breaks throughout the day to include a little bit of movement. I know that Standing desks, some people love them, some people hate them, but they can also be a great option. So I like to think of it as like a spectrum. So if we have sitting all day on kind of the far left side of that, and on the far right being like, we really never sit, 
we want to find that balance in between there. So if sitting is, eh, it's not our greatest, standing would be an improvement. And then walking would be kind of our, our best option. So some ways to kind of do that when we're on the phone, you know, um, if we can kind of walk around when we're on, excuse me, on the phone or walk to talk to somebody instead of send them an email, incorporating walking meetings can be a great way to kind of increase that movement. Granted, sometimes these options are not necessarily feasible or realistic, but if we can incorporate them some of the time, that can kind of be helpful. And then challenging yourself to get more steps. A lot of people wear fitness devices that can help, you know, kind of um, encourage us to walk more. The States Walk with Ease program is another great one. You're on a team with a group of friends um, and kind of challenge each other to walk more. And then building it in like 10 minutes per hour. Um, Sometimes 10 minutes can be a little much. A lot of fitness devices will give you like, I wear um, a Fitbit and it will tell me if I have not made enough steps every hour when I have about five minutes, 10 minutes left of that hour to get 250 steps. It's easy to ignore, but it's also a good reminder of like, wow, I've been sitting for a really long time. I need to get up and do something. Do any of you guys incorporate some of these things already, like some of the neat strategies or using a standing desk? walking meetings, any of those types of things? For those of you who'd like to answer, go ahead and put it in the Q&A session there. You can answer it in there. Yep, that'll work. Yeah, it is definitely one of those areas that like we tend to be able to have some some room for improvement. Yes, I love taking the stairs and walking outside on breaks. Absolutely. Oh, I love that you use the standing desk too. Those are great. Um yeah, walking to coworkers versus an email. <clears throat> I love that. Those are awesome. Cause they do, they get us up and just even that few extra steps are fantastic. Um, yeah, walking during breaks and then, ah, biking to work. Awesome. So anytime we can build in that kind of movement aspect into things that we're already going to do. So we know we have to get to work somehow, like biking to work. We just added in exercise without even really having to think about it or, you know, take any extra effort. So I love that. And I think we have a tendency to forget some of those things that we that we do that we don't necessarily think of as exercise. Um, yeah, walking meetings are great. Um, so awesome. Glad to hear that you guys are already incorporating some of these. That's fantastic. Let's see. Okay, so when we are moving more, like we get a ton of benefits from that, um, especially those of you that are using those walking breaks um, or using your breaks for an opportunity to go walk. 
Have you ever noticed that after you come back then to your desk, after getting away, things feel like more productive. You can get through a few more things. You kind of have like a clear head. It's just easier to kind of power through some stuff. Taking those few minutes for that movement to kind of reset is huge. It helps with that stress, that mental focus. But then, you know, when we're moving more, we tend to also have better sleep. That exercise helps us regulate our blood sugar and we burn calories. So there's there's really no downside to adding a little more movement into our day. As I mentioned, though, we spend a third of our life at work. So we have to find ways to incorporate it into our work day. But how do we know how much we have to do to see any benefits? So this slide has a, a ton of information on it. So I'll give kind of an overview. General recommendations to improve your health. 150 minutes of moderate exercise. Moderate exercise are things like walking, um, riding your bike. It's that level of like, I can carry on a conversation with, with my walking partner, but I can't necessarily give a full monologue or a whole speech. So 150 minutes a week is roughly 30 minutes a day. So if you're using two of your like 15 minute breaks, you're already like, you're, you're probably getting that 30 minutes already, which is awesome. The other way to reach that is that like 75 minutes of vigorous. So definitely like you're not, you're not strolling by any means. Like your heart rate is definitely up. You're working pretty hard at that. You can do any mix of the two as well. <clears throat> the slide says 10 minute bouts over the course of the day. 10 minutes is a good kind of number to aim for, but they're actually finding that it doesn't have to be in 10 minute bouts. So the like three minutes that it takes to maybe take a lap around the building or to walk to the furthest restroom in the building, all of that counts and adds up to that overall exercise total. The 10 minutes is that like, that gives enough time to get our heart rate up a little more. So we see more benefit from it at that point. The goal is to improve physical fitness. Then we start talking about needing some more intense cardiovascular endurance. We start adding in kind of muscle strengthening and flexibility. Muscle strengthening and flexibility are things that should be incorporated no matter what. We get a ton of benefit from both of those, but it's especially important if we're looking to include or improve our physical fitness. If weight loss is the goal, you pretty much have to double your exercise amount. So roughly 300 minutes a week to see kind of the, the greatest benefit there. But again, it can still be in 10 minute increments. And you don't have to start out with doing 300 minutes a week from week one. If weight loss is the goal, we can build up to 300 minutes over the course of a few weeks. You don't have to jump in and be like, all right, I need 300 minutes this week because they're like, we increase our risk for injury and burnout. And it's just not a fun way to begin exercise. So if we, um, 
we can build up to that point. Don't feel like you have to start at any of these. This is just the general recommendation to work up to. Okay, so if we need to add in some exercise or some activity and we spend a ton of time at work, and if any of you guys have families and young kids, you understand that there are so many hours in the day, most of the time, not enough of them to do all the things we want or need to do. So if we can incorporate some of these things throughout the day at work, it helps make things go a little easier, kind of add some time back into our day, so to speak. So things to sneak it in, be creative and find a way to kind of get that energy boost throughout the workday. So we just mentioned some of those. You guys were like the, the walking breaks, having walking meetings, um, using that standing desk. So sneaking it in. I've even had people tell me that they found it really helpful to set a timer on their computer and use like for like, for the last five minutes of the hour, they would literally get up and they would do some sort of muscle strengthening exercise. So they might do some like push-ups or some sit-ups. And so they would end up doing like 10 different kind of body weight exercises throughout the whole day, instead of trying to cram it all in, in like a 20 minute workout at some point, they just kind of did it a little bit throughout the day. So there are kind of creative ways that you can strategize some of that. There was an article, it's been several years now, about a gentleman that wanted to do 100 push-ups in a day. So he started out with you doing 10 push-ups every time he used the restroom. I wouldn't suggest that in like a public restroom, but anytime he used the restroom, then he would do 10 push-ups. Well, over the course of a day, by the time he like did that, he would have quite a few pushups that he had done. And as it got easier, then he started doing like 15 and 20 until he built up to 100 pushups a day, which is super cool. But it was a way for him to, to find a way to creatively fit it in. So once we start getting into kind of a flow of of staying active and incorporating throughout our workday, the most challenging part becomes staying committed to it throughout the whole year. It's really easy, maybe not super easy. It's easier to be active during the summer and taking those walking breaks then because it's nice out. But what happens then when it's winter and we don't want to go outside to take that walking break? So we have to find some motivation. Why is it important to you to have more activity and movement in your day. I'm thinking about like, what are the challenges or barriers that, that are going to come up? And there will be challenges. And then how can we strategize to overcome those? <clears throat> what are some of the things you guys already do to kind of help you stay committed? For those of you that... Um, that do take those regular walking breaks and how do you make it work during some of those winter months? What works for you?
<clears throat> oh, Miss Sadie, yes. Like taking the stairs in the winter instead of going out for a walk. Absolutely. Walk inside the building for sure. Yeah, so you guys are already used to kind of being a little creative on that. And honestly, so I'm in Missoula. And last week we had like five days of 100 degrees out. Nobody's going outside walking in that for very long. So yeah, like even when it's hot out, what can we do differently to still maintain that routine? So yeah, walking inside, taking the stairs. Those are awesome. Um, okay. Ah, there we go. Okay, so we've covered kind of the movement side of things a bit. The food environment in the office, we have not a lot of control over what's in the break room or the food situation at work sometimes. Birthdays and celebrations happen. There are always treats and things in the break room. And when it's somebody's birthday, it can be really difficult to be like, oh, I'm going to pass on the birthday cake. So that peer pressure is so real. So having some strategies to respectfully decline becomes incredibly important. So declining the food doesn't mean that you're not participating in the event. Like we can still absolutely enjoy and celebrate people's birthdays, anniversaries, whatever, um, without the food, suggesting, you know, healthier options and then um, skill power and not willpower. I'll go into a little more of what that, that means, but the food environment can be the tricky part um, when in an office, for sure. So skill power, what I mean by that? <clears throat> Being proactive. So suggesting different options beyond food for office get-togethers. Um, suggesting walking meetings, which is on there. Celebrations that don't center around food. And then for your own, like post your goals as a reminder, that visual cue can be hugely powerful in helping us stick to our goals. When we see it written down, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's what I'm working towards. Keeping it really positive and having alternatives ready ahead of time. This is probably one of my favorites, this bring a side dish to ensure a healthy choice. This can be used all the time. Think about barbecues and potlucks. If you bring a healthy option that you know you feel good about, then you know without a doubt that there is something there that you can feel good about eating and know that it's a little healthier. Bringing your own lunch and snacks can be a great way to kind of minimize those snacks and treats from the break room. Um, and when it's prepared in advance and it's already pre-portioned, it's super convenient and helpful. And then have have a partner, have have kind of an accountability work buddy to kind of offer and help support you and vice versa. Like you start to support each other. Part of this is like your environment. So if you are staying busy, you're less likely to pick up a snack or feel like hmm, it must be time for a snack. 
using things like fidget spinners, rubber bands, anything that kind of helps keep our hands a little occupied can help minimize that kind of like desire um, for, for a snack. And then making sure that we're staying properly hydrated. Water can be kind of one of those tricky things. If we keep it visible and on our desk, we tend to be more likely to drink more water. And our brain is a very tricky thing. So sometimes our brain will tell us that we need something to eat when we are in fact starting to become dehydrated and we're thirsty. So if we're having those kind of cravings or want something, taking some time to drink some water first and then deciding like, oh yeah, now I'm, you know, you might decide like, oh, I'm good. Like, I don't actually want that. Um, we had a registered dietitian a while ago share a, a strategy that she used to kind of minimize snacking also. She called it the apple test. And I love sharing this with people. So basically the idea is if somebody were to offer you an apple, are you hungry enough to eat it? If you answer with a yes, then chances are you really are hungry and need a snack. If the chance, if you say, no, I, I don't really want that apple, you might be trying to, you know, kind of fill, fill a gap. Like usually it's things like boredom um, or just force of habit. If it's a specific time of day that we're not actually hungry, we just are looking for something to do. So it's kind of a great test to kind of check in with ourselves. Am I actually hungry or am I looking for something else? Is this kind of skill power strategy something that you guys have seen before? I know if you've participated in any of our um, other presentations, it is one that we kind of bring up pretty frequently. Are any of these things things that you guys already try to do to help make your work environment healthier? Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that some of this is kind of maybe sparking some some new ideas or some di different things to try. Okay, so we've done movement and exercise or movement and um, nutrition. So last and kind of final, probably one of the biggest things that we all deal with, stress and how to manage that stress. So there are a couple different types of stress. We have that like acute stress, short term, usually no big effect on our health, usually a week or less. So think like big project that comes up, we kind of focus in on it, it's done, moved on, not a big deal. Chronic stress is that long-term, that stress hormone is being released on a pretty continual basis and it negatively impacts our health. Having tools to help manage the stress becomes incredibly important. I have 
two kind of stress management strategies that I will share, but there are tons. So the first one, stop, breathe, reflect, and choose. I think sometimes one of the hardest parts about this one is the stop. We have to stop those negative thoughts and feelings immediately, as soon as possible. Taking a few deep breaths. And then being able to step back from the situation and reflect on some of our options and then choose which way we want to go. When we are in that spiral of stress and negativity, it can be incredibly hard to stop and be able to reflect and see what our options are when we are in that place of like, I'm never coming out of this. So when we can practice that with some of the smaller stresses in our life or smaller choices, we get that practice so that when we need to use it in a in a bigger situation, it's a little easier to do. The, a deep breathing exercise that you can try, it's a really short one, but you literally, you're going to inhale for the count of six, hold that breath in your lungs for the count of six, exhale for the count of six, and then hold your lungs depleted for that count of six. I will say, usually it takes me a few rounds of that to kind of settle the first round of it. I always struggle a little bit with that like feeling of my lungs being depleted. And it takes a few tries to like relax and really settle into that. And then it can be a little easier then to like calm to be able to reflect on the situation, to look at what are any other possible options. So there's one strategy. The other one is this five, four, three, two, one technique. When we are in that moment and we have gotten ourselves to kind of stop, using this to help can be great. So you're gonna look for five things that you can see. Then look for four things that you can touch. Listen for three things that you can hear. Look for two things that you can smell. And then one thing that you can taste. These things help kind of reground us and pull us out of that kind of spiral. Are either of these strategies anything that you guys have seen or used before? Yeah, the five, four, three, two, one is, it's not one that's super common. Yes. Yeah, it's a great kind of countdown method for anxiety, for sure. I think sometimes having something to kind of redirect our focus to is becomes really helpful in kind of coming out of that coming out of that spiral a bit. 
So awesome. I'm, I love that. I love that some of these are new strategies and something, something new to try. What other tools do you guys use to help cope with stress? What kinds of things do you do that, that help you specifically? Get out of the office. Yes. Sometimes just stepping away is huge. Um, exercise can be a great strategy. Just getting in that movement helps manage that stress. Um, yes. Focusing in on just one thing at a time. When we have a work list a mile long of tasks and things we need to get done, it can feel overwhelming. So yes, focus just one task at a time. Is definitely a great strategy to help with stress. Awesome. Yeah. Um, some other strategies that can be helpful, um, especially when we're feeling overwhelmed, making a checklist, sometimes being able to cross something off of our list of things that we need to get done can feel so empowering when we're like done and we cross it off that that can be helpful. Journaling and just getting it all out on paper um, can be a great, a great stress relief. Also, sometimes we don't necessarily want to talk about it with somebody, but writing it down, sometimes we can kind of help work ourselves through the stress. <laughs> yes, checklists are awesome. I love that feeling of like, done. Um, so yeah. You know, confiding in um, confiding in a partner, loved one, coworker, you know, they can help us work through that stress as well. Sometimes we just need to kind of vent, like, and that kind of helps un unload that stress a little bit too. Here are some strategies. Some other strategies, some for at work, which you guys have mentioned, um, getting up from your desk, some deep breathing, some stretching, music can be a great option. Um, then some for at home, like still, again, taking that walk, some exercising, doing something that you really enjoy, um, like a hobby gardening right now is huge. I know lots of people who are like, I get home from work and I just love to go in my garden and pull out all the weeds that I can. It's like cathartic, um, you know, reading, taking a nap, you know, any, anything that kind of drives your passion, things that you enjoy so that you can kind of set that stress aside and just dive into something different. Are there any strategies that we've discussed or like strategies even from this list that are intriguing that are something that you feel like you want to give a try going forward? 
<laughs> You're right. There is not fishing on this list, but it 100% should be fishing any time spent out in nature. I don't know that you can spend time out like fishing, hiking, whatever, and feel stressed about it. I don't know. Maybe some people can. Um, but yes, that's an excellent addition for sure. Oops. <clears throat> yeah, just that five minutes away sometimes is all it takes to kind of reset, regroup. Um, and I love like taking the longest route to the restroom possible. Yes, all of that. Like, I mean, we just knocked out multiple things at once. We increased the number of steps that we're taking by taking the longest way to get there. And we've just kind of helped manage some of that stress all in just five minutes. Like we can kind of two things at once, multitasking in a good way. Oh, so some takeaways from today. Using some skill power to improve that physical activity, nutrition, and some stress. So, you know, stay positive. Um, set up our environment to help us be successful. Start small. Do not try to overhaul too many things at once. It becomes incredibly overwhelming. Starting with just one little thing can snowball into the next. So some like ideas for that, you know, taking those walking breaks. If taking two breaks to walk during the day is too much right now, see if you can start with just one of those to get away from your desk. Packing a lunch a couple days a week, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be every day. Let's start with one or two days and see where it goes from there. Reach out and enlist a buddy or a friend for support. Be proactive. If there is something that you need or you have questions, please don't hesitate to ask. Um, you know, and then well, obviously the last choice. Well, it's not the last choice, but the last one on the list. Work with a health coach. We are here to help support you in all of your health goals. We tailor it specifically to you. I like to give people the example of, um, I do a lot with exercise specifically. And so I would never encourage somebody who is not a morning person to be like, hey, you should get up at 5 a.m. to exercise every day because they will, they will not do it. Well, they might try for like a week or two and be like, no, Jackie is crazy. I don't like this. I'm done. And that's not what we want. We want to tailor it so that it fits more seamlessly into things you're already doing. I like to use the term healthify. We're not overhauling. We're just tweaking things to be a little bit healthier. Those little increments add up really big over time. Health coaching is at no cost. We are a part of your benefits plan and we can meet as often or as little as, as you want. Like there is no limit on it. One of the biggest things that we provide is that accountability piece. For the most part, we all know things that we should, and I hate using that phrase, but things that we should do to improve our health. We know what they are. And so just having somebody that's going to check in and be like, hey, how'd that go can help us be more consistent 
in in creating that change for ourselves. Um, and like I said earlier, inevitably we're gonna run up to roadblocks and challenges. Having a health coach on your team to kind of work through and process strategies of you know what do I do next time this occurs, so that we feel a little more prepared. And then all of us health coaches, we're all um, certified health coaches. Um, two of them, not me, but Rachel and Michelle are both also registered dietitians. And so for specific uh, nutrition questions, they are a huge wealth of information. And so, yeah, like we are, we are here to help and, you know, we love that. Like that's what we're for. So some of the things that we can help with um, tobacco cessation, there's actually a tobacco cessation class coming up here this fall. Um, nutrition, exercise, stress, you know, we talked about that today, um, living and aging well, and then um, support of those goals. We are now, the three of us, we cover the whole state, either by phone or video. Um, and we have kind of various availabilities. So if, if one in your area isn't available, chances are one of the other two are. Or have some availability for times that work for you. I believe all three of us, depending on the day, we have appointments as early as like 7 a.m., and as late as 5.30. And I know we're both, all three of us are pretty flexible. If there's a time that we don't have on the schedule, um, we can be pretty flexible to kind of make it work for, for you. And then here's just some ways to kind of access. And like I said, we have some upcoming presentations um, with um, a wellness vision and some energy management. If you're in Helena, I strongly encourage that grocery store tour. It's with Michelle. I've never done it myself with her, but I have heard that it is awesome. And she's doing it in person, which we don't get to do very much of that anymore. And then we're also going to do some sleep and then um, that tobacco cessation as well. What kind of questions... Do you guys have either about the, the exercise part, nutrition, stress, general health coaching questions? <clears throat> oh, Scott, that's a great question. Okay, so tips for helping support your staff. Sharing the information about health coaching is a great kind of strategy. Um, really encouraging and creating an environment where they feel like they can, where they feel empowered to take their breaks and to have that movement, um, to have some open dialogue about the stress that they're they're feeling or experiencing. Um, you know, creating that kind of healthy environment within the break room that helps support everyone's overall health. I understand that like sometimes we don't have a lot of control over food items that end up in the break room, but if we can keep healthy options around and most easily accessible, 
that tends to help help everyone kind of make some of those healthier choices. Yeah. It is, it can be challenging, like in thinking about like changing up some of the, some of the environment um, and, and implementing some of these strategies. So again, don't feel like you have to do all of it all at once and overhaul it. But if there's an area you know, within your group of group of staff that you feel like would be most beneficial, you know, making one tiny change within that realm can be really helpful. I know you guys several mentioned, you know, incorporating some of those walking meetings. Those are fantastic. And it's it's such a small thing, but it can make a big difference in, you know, now they've they've gotten up and gotten some movement. It probably because they're moving, it helped with the stress. And I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but if you need to have a conversation with somebody and you want them to open up, doing it while they're next to you, doing an activity, they are more likely to speak up and share than if we're sitting across from them, looking at them. So if you can think about like, hmm, I have some questions for somebody and I want like their most honest response, taking them out and going for a walk, they're going to be more likely to open up. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that some of these tips, suggestions, strategies have been helpful. Um, I'm going to send, I'll send to Scott, um, one of our handouts, the, the non-exercise specific, the NEAT handout, um, because it is really great as far as thinking about strategies to incorporate more movement. And then if you guys have any other questions at any point, please don't hesitate to reach out that any of the three of us health coaches, we are here to help and support you guys in any way that we can towards, you know, our healthiest, happiest self. Jackie, thank you so much for coming in and speaking today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And everybody who's on on the line here, I, I want to apologize for having to do a last minute change in the venue. Um, as some of you may have heard, I have come down with COVID, so I couldn't very well be in the office and, and running this being sick. So I appreciate the last minute change and, and being able to do this all online here. So are there any other questions before we let Jackie go here? If not... Thank you for for coming today. Um, I will be sending out. Well, I'll be. Let me rephrase this. I'll be getting the the video up on MDT classrooms. I'm still used to how I used to do things at DPHHS, and I would send out emails to everybody, letting you know that the video is up. But I can't do that, so um, I will just be getting the video up. Take a look for that um, on MDT classrooms. You can see some of the other upcoming webinars, and you can sign up for them on there and. I'll be sending out information later on for those. If you have any questions, feel free to email one of us in HR. We'll get you in touch with the right person or contact 
uh, Jackie herself. So um, hopefully everybody has a great day and thank you for coming. And Jackie, thank you again. Thank you again for having me. Have a great day. You too. Human resources training courses can be accessed through MDT classrooms. All information in this podcast is informational and does not supersede any policy or collective bargaining agreement. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Adventure awaits on the road.